We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, the topic is a letter that I received from a woman from California where she says that the Republican Party is now a party of a cesspool of lies and that my criticism of the Democrat Party for being pro-abortion, pro-mutilation of our children, and pro-porn is off-base and unchristian and too judgmental. I'm going to respond to this on today's show. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. So today's show is a response to a critic again. I've done this before, and I don't do it to try to mock those people that disagree with me. If you disagree by responding to my argument, responding to the points that I'm making, and if you do it in a civil fashion, that's, that's good. Let's engage in the debate. Let's have a good argument. But if you disagree through non sequiturs, fallacies of non-sequence, the so what fallacies, if you disagree through ad populum fallacies, saying, well, everybody disagrees with you and everybody knows that you're wrong. In other words, this is the fallacy of what your mother told you. If everybody jumped off a cliff, would you do the same? Just because the masses believe something doesn't make it true. If your disagreement is grounded in an ad hominem fallacy, and that is the fallacy of shooting the messenger, of just calling people names, ignoring the argument, ignoring the premise of what others are saying, and then you just criticize them because you don't like them. If that's the basis for your disagreement, then I lose my patience. And this letter that I received from this woman in California with regard to my article that I wrote two weeks ago in the Washington Times, the argument in that article was, how can you claim to be a Christian Democrat any longer? Now, I know that that is venturing into controversial territory. I have friends that voted for me in this last election here in Osage County who were Democrats, but they're switching over to the Republican Party. And I'm not trying to offend anybody if you still align with the old principles of the Democrat Party, the principles of feeding the poor, caring for children, uh, women's right to vote. Not that the Republican Party didn't hold to the same principles, but as I said in a previous show, Democrats used to elevate those things. The working man, the working class. The Democrat Party was the party of the people. Now, I'm arguing that that's no longer the case, that the Democrat Party is now a party of elitists, of oligarchs, of know-it-alls, the smart folks, in the big cities who are telling all of us rubes, all of us dumb folks that live in the heartland. You know, that's the way they look at us. They've told us that. We're deplorable. They've told us this over and over again. Bloomberg said it about us. Hillary Clinton said it about us. Uh, Don Lemon on CNN has said this about us. They laugh at us. They think they're smarter than us. These smart Democrats in New York City, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and whatnot, they, they are the ones who should be telling all of the dumb folks that live in the heartland how to live their lives. And if we disagree, then we're judgmental and we're awful people. Okay, that's the Democrat Party of today. 
It's the party of a bunch of millennials who are whining for their safety, their safe spaces. They want to silence anybody who disagrees with them and makes them feel uncomfortable because of our ideas. This is the Democrat Party of today. And as you know, I argued in a previous show that I no longer think it's possible to claim that you're a Christian Democrat because of the basic tenets of the Democrat Party right now when it comes to killing your children, mutilating them if you let them live by castrating them or cutting off their breasts when they're minors because you think that that's a moral good? Or how about this one? You actually think it's good teaching, good education, good curriculum to pump pornography into our public schools so that minors can see pictures of adult men having oral sex with little boys and you can read full-page descriptions, salacious descriptions, in the best of social-emotional learning literature about how a father is raping his daughter. These are true examples. I've cited them for you before. I just described Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eyes and Maya Kababi's Gender Queer. These are just two books that I've cited on this show. Well, in a recent article, I argued that because of these things that the Democrat Party holds dear, irrefutably so, they defend these things, hook, line, and sinker. I argued that because of these things, that it's virtually impossible, it's an oxymoron to claim you're a Christian Democrat. And I've been taken to task via a letter from a woman from California. Well, I'm going to read that letter to you after the break, and I'm going to respond to its accusations. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the rebellion. So here's my argument, as I stated it in a recent column in the Washington Times. I argued that a Christian Democrat is an oxymoron, and my reason for that was this. I said today's Democrats have elevated abortion on demand above all else. Uh, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, it doesn't matter any longer. If you disagree with abortion in any way whatsoever, then you're a bad person, according to the Democrat Party. Now, that seems to be an irrefutable statement on my part, right? 
Democrats have elevated abortion on demand above all else. It's the litmus test of being a good Democrat. I mean, have you seen any national candidate for anything, any position, whatsoever, whether it be Senate, Senate, Congress, uh, presidency, whatever, have you seen any candidate disagree with what I just said right now? No, you haven't. So, abortion on demand. They've also championed the righteousness of castrating your boys and sexually mutilating your girls, this trans lunacy that minors should have healthy organs removed because of their fantasy, their delusions, or the fact that adults are confusing these kids by teaching them this garbage, that your identity is subjective, it's not scientifically uh, empirical or valid. You can change your physical identity, even though your DNA and your genetics and your physiology are the exact opposite of your imagination. If you imagine it, that's who you are. It's this modern-day Gnosticism that somehow your special knowledge trumps the empirical facts of the body. And therefore, castrate little boys and sexually mutilate little girls. And when I say little boys and little girls, I mean anybody that's a minor. Anybody that doesn't have the right to buy alcohol or buy cigarettes or vote should still be considered a minor, right? Okay? And we're encouraging minors to do these irreversible things to their bodies that are going to impact them the rest of their lives. I I hope someday all these kids that have been victimized by this terrible agenda rise up and sue the socks off of the hospitals and the doctors and the people that did this to them. Uh, The Hippocratic Oath is a joke now in the Democrat Party because they're more interested in empowering doctors to cut off your son's penis or remove your daughter's breast than they are in protecting your children from this butchery. Okay, I argued that. And then I said, lest you think that it's just this curious fixation on physical sex, let's look at the pornography that they're pumping into your schools. Genderqueer, the bluest eye, social-emotional learning. Okay, I already explained that to you. So this is what we've got right now. Castrating your sons, mutilating your daughters, killing your babies, normalizing pornography in the schools. And then I made this argument in my article. If these things don't fall under Christ's definition of causing little ones to stumble, remember Jesus said, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. It's a pretty strong statement, right? I mean, this is not, uh, this is not a borderline Uh, condemnation of this political agenda. This is not finding a middle way. No, Jesus is being very clear. Stop causing little ones to stumble. Stop abusing your children physically and emotionally and spiritually. Don't do that. Don't cause them to stumble. Okay, so I said, call me crazy, but defining yourself as a follower of Christ while he apparently, personally, is tying a millstone around your neck for your sins, calling yourself a follower of him while he condemns your behavior, your actions, your ideas that aggressively, seems to be a little nuts. And then I concluded my article by citing another passage of Scripture at the end of the Bible, Revelation twenty-two fifteen, where Jesus says this, outside of the dogs, the sexually immoral, the murderers. Again, he calls these people dogs, pretty aggressive. This is Jesus, not me, not you. This is Jesus. He's saying, outside are the dogs, the sexually immoral, the murderers, 
and everyone who loves and practices falsehood, everyone who practices lies. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. All right. So I'm arguing that if you're outside of the teachings of Christ, if you're encouraging sexual immorality as defined by the Bible, if you're murdering children as defined by the Bible, if you're practicing lies, falsehood, as defined by the Bible, that Jesus has already, 2,000 years ago, sent an angel to give you the testimony, the testimony for the church, that you're outside the church, you're not in the family, you're not part of the body of Christ. You can't claim Christianity if you're practicing sexual immorality and unrepentant for doing so, if you're murdering anyone, especially young children, if you're practicing lies and falsehood and pushing that upon the youngest of these, the little ones, then you're causing them to stumble. And Jesus has told you and me that it would be better for us to have a millstone tied around our neck and be drowned in the ocean, the depths of the sea, than to do this and that he has made this irrefutably clear in his revelation, the scriptures, the Bible. Now, you can argue with that all you want, but do so by addressing the premise. The premise of, number one, is the Democrat Party encouraging abortion? Yes. Is it encouraging abortion up until the point of birth? Yes. That is a fact. Joe Biden is doing that. Vice President Harris is doing that. Schumer's doing that. Pelosi's doing that. AOC's doing that. The Democrat Party is now a party of unrestricted, unrepentant abortion up until the point of birth. And as you know, even in some places like California, they're arguing for post-birth abortion, even after the child is born. For example, if the child lives through, an, through a botched abortion... In California, they're arguing that you can leave that child breathing, kicking, moving in a cold steel pan, leave it to die. That that's a moral good? And you're going to claim Christianity and yet support that? Mm, I don't think so. How about pumping this pornography into schools? You don't think that that's practicing falsehood? encouraging lies? You don't think that's causing a little one to stumble? Well, if you're going to argue with me on that one, then do so on the merits of that pornography. You justify it. You tell me why that's good for children to be putting that garbage into their hearts, minds, and souls as young as 8, 9, 10, 12 years of age. You tell me how that's a good thing to do. Tell me why that isn't causing a little one to stumble. And then how about this stuff of mutilating children, minors, who can't buy cigarettes or alcohol, can't vote, can't drive a car, but yet we're going to allow them to define themselves as something opposite of what their biology and physiology, genetics and DNA, irrefutably, empirically, says they are. We're going to allow them to violate all of those truths, ignore all of that reality, and we're going to encourage them, actually teach them, counsel them, to cut off healthy organs, to inject hormones into their bodies, to stop the natural maturation process of growing up as a young man or a young woman. We're going we're gonna to do that to these kids and claim that that is a moral good? Well, these things are things that the Democrat Party stands for. And I made that argument in my column that I've referred to. Now, a woman 
from California sends me this letter. I just got it yesterday, the day after the election. She headlines it by saying this. She, she quotes me. She says, Everett Piper declares that there is no longer any such thing as a Christian Democrat. No matter what your political stripes, if you have an ounce of honesty left in your soul, you have to admit that today's Democrat Party is no longer a party that any thoughtful Christian, whether they be Catholic, Orthodox, Anglican, Evangelical, or mainline Protestant, can support. And yeah, that is a direct quote from my column, from my article that I've already described to you, and you've heard me in a previous show review. Well, she starts out the letter by saying this, Dear Everett, you are really off the deep end with this opinion. One of the key phrases in your statement above is, if you have an ounce of honesty left in your soul, because it illustrates how blind you are to reality and how biased you are to your political agenda. I say that because the Republican Party has in recent years deteriorated into a cesspool of lies. Your anointed one, Donald Trump, stop, full stop right there. In my article, did I mention Donald Trump? Did I defend him? Did I support him? Did I say anything about Donald Trump? Absolutely not. Please, if you're going to argue with me, stop the Trump derangement syndrome. Stop bringing up Trump when he is not part of my argument. Nothing I said in my column references Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form. You would have no idea whatsoever what I think about Donald Trump based on my column. So don't bring him up. Stop. It is a non sequitur. Do you not understand freshman-level philosophy? Do you not understand Socratic Logic 101? Please stop the non sequiturs. Stop the fallacies of non-sequence. Stop your so-what arguments. So what about Donald Trump? I don't care. You can rant and rave about Donald Trump till the cows come home, but I don't care. It has nothing absolutely nothing, as in zero, to do with the premise of my article or my argument. So stop. Stop telling me that he lied to Americans 30,000 times while president. Stop telling me that he violated the Constitution. By the way, how? But I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not even going to argue with you about that because it has nothing to do with my article or the premise of what I'm saying. Deal with the, the facts, Deal with my premise. Debate those. Refute those. Make a counter-argument to my point that Democrats support abortion on demand, Democrats support mutilating children by cutting off functioning organs and injecting hormones into their bodies, and that Democrats are pumping porn into our schools. Those were my arguments. Dispute those. Don't talk to me about Donald Trump. And don't tell me that my article is the ultimate in hypocrisy because you've got TDS. Ah, this is just ridiculous. She goes on and says this, And from a Christian perspective, your hypocrisy shows again that because you choose to judge the souls of millions of Democrats who align with Christianity, the Bible clearly states in Matthew 7, 1 through 5, and then she goes in, and she quotes a passage accurately where Jesus says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For the same manner you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measuring rod you use, it will be measured unto you. And then she goes on and talks about the speck in your, uh, in, in your brother's eye when you've got a plank or a log in your own. Okay, I've talked about this before. All right? Do not judge lest you be judged. That's what she's talking about right now. So she's telling me that I'm wrong for judging. And what is she doing while she tells me that? 
She's judging me. <laughs> Do you not get this? You are sawing off the branch upon which you sit. You are as if you're a dog chasing your tail. You're committing the sin that you're accusing others of committing. It's like saying you can't tolerate my tolerance or you hate me because I'm hateful. Your claim is self-refuting. You're pointing one finger of accusation at me while you have three pointing back at yourself and condemning you for the thing that you think I'm doing wrong. You cannot condemn me for being condemning without being self-refuting in your condemnation. So don't, don't use this silly, and by the way, out of context, accusation of judge not lest he be judged while you judge me for being judgmental. This is, I, I, I just find it astounding that people would actually continue to do this without recognizing the fallacy, the hypocrisy, the duplicity, the self-refuting claim that they're making. And by the way, when Jesus says, judge not lest he be judged, he's not telling us not to judge others. If he were, you wouldn't find in the following sentences, in the same paragraph, if you will, the same passage of scripture where he tells you to watch out for the Pharisees. Watch out for the hypocrites. Watch out for those people. He's telling us to judge Pharisees negatively. So he's not arguing that judgments are wrong. He's arguing that when you do judge the Pharisees, the hypocrites, the duplicitous, when you do judge other people, recognize that that measuring rod you're using to judge them will be used on you. So you better get your act together. He's not telling you not to judge. He's telling you that when you do judge, that you need to recognize that that standard, that rule, that scale, that measuring rod of judgment will be used on you too. So be a person of integrity. Recognize that, yes, the Bible does call upon you to make judgments of yourself and, yes, of others. But if you're going to continue to be self-righteous and smug in your judgment, not recognizing that that standard you're using is a standard that will be used on you in kind, then you're a hypocrite. You're duplicitous. You're not making any sense. And this woman that's writing me this letter is committing that very sin because she's using the measuring rod of judgment to contemn me for judging. It's hypocrisy to the extreme. It's just crazy talk. Crazy talk in the extreme. She goes on and says this, I cannot speak for all Democrats, Christian or otherwise, but I can speak for myself when I say that my conscience is, conscience is clear when I call myself pro-choice. Every woman has the right to determine their health care options, and they, those options should not be dictated by our government. I, I, I agree. Every woman does have the right to determine her health care options. It's not health care to kill a baby. That has nothing to do with your health care. This is another human being. <laughs> Can you not see that? We're not talking about your body right now. We're talking about another human being's body and that you want to kill it. And by the way, no one in the pro-life movement that I know, and I'm very pro-life, obviously, no one in the pro-life movement argues that in times of extreme crisis where you've got to make a decision, between the baby's life and the woman's life, the mother's life. I'm not disputing that there are very, very, very rare situations where that's the case. No one is arguing 
that in those moments of extreme crisis, like on the battlefield, when you have two people that have been hurt, and the surgeons in the MASH hospital, in the MASH unit, have to make a decision. What are we going to do? We've got two people who've been blown up by a bomb here. We can't save both, so we're going to make a decision to save one. These are terrible decisions that doctors have to make. Nobody's arguing that those triage decisions aren't reality. And there are times when you have to make a decision to save one and let the other go. That's not the debate here at all. And arguing that when you make that decision, a doctor has to, has to make a decision in those cases, maybe to let the baby go so that the mother can live and take care of the other three children she already has. Nobody's arguing to stop doctors from making those decisions, or the husband, the father, from helping the doctor make that decision to save his wife. Nobody's arguing against that. Oh, that you may find a rare case where somebody does, but I'm not, and that doesn't make me any less pro-life. But that is so rare. That's not the situation here. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Democrats arguing for abortion up to the point of birth as a point of convenience. It's not health care. It's, it's an argument of convenience. We find this child to be inconvenient. We don't want this child. Or the child's going to be less than perfect in our mind. Maybe it's a boy and we wanted a girl. Maybe it's a girl and we wanted a boy. The ultrasound so, shows differently now, so we're going to abort it. That's not health care. Or maybe we found out that the child has Down's syndrome. And we don't want a Down's child, so we're going to, going to abort it. That's not health care. This is an argument of convenience. This is an argument to exterminate certain portions of the population because you find those individuals in the population to be distasteful. You don't want them. Healthcare, my eye. This has nothing to do with healthcare. So stop it. Stop that fallacy of distraction. Stop that fallacy of non-sequence, that non-sequitur. Your, your argument for a woman's healthcare is fine. Nobody disputes that a woman has the right to her own health care. We're disputing that a woman has the right to kill her child. That's what we're disputing. Another human being. Dismembering it limb for limb. Tearing off its arms, tearing off its legs. Yes, that's what happens in an abortion, people. Crushing its head. And then selling the organs that you extract from the womb to Planned Parenthood for profit. I mean, this is absurd to argue that this is something, has anything to do with health care. It has nothing to do with health care. Stop it. Just stop the argument. And then she goes on, and she closes her letter with this. She says, as a Christian, I support the Democrat Party because its agenda aligns with the real legacy of Jesus Christ, who told us to love your neighbor, feed the poor, heal the sick, and welcome the stranger. The Republican Party despises all of those things. Really? How so? Tell me where the Republican Party despises the real legacy of Jesus to love your neighbor. Really? As I said in my article that she's disputing, there was a time where Democrats and Republicans could debate these things as Christians because we agreed with the ends, we just disagreed on the means, how to get there. We all agreed that we should be caring for our neighbor. We all agreed that we should be feeding the poor, healing the sick, and welcoming the stranger among us. We all agreed that child care was a good thing. We just disagreed on the means of how best to care for children, on how best to educate them, pay for that education, for example. We, dis we just disagreed on 
what was best for getting people out of poverty or how to solve the problem of unemployment. We agreed on the ends, we just disagreed on the means, how to get there. And, and in those days, when I was in the academy, and we had these good, healthy, robust debates on how best to accomplish our shared goals. We did have Christians, sincere Christians, on both sides of the political fence. I'm not disputing that at all. In fact, those were good old days. But those days are gone. Those days are gone. We're not debating these issues any longer. And by the way, I would argue, ma'am, that the Republican means of caring for your neighbor, feeding the poor, healing the sick, and welcoming the stranger, the Republican means of accomplish those, accomplishing those things are better than your means. The data shows that our strategy for alleviating poverty, for employment, for child care, our strategy for feeding the poor, our strategy for helping people get up and out is a better strategy. It works better than government largesse and hierarchical arrogance, top-down impositions. I, I would argue that the evidence is replete, not just in the last 10 years, but the last 100 years, 200 years, 1,000 years, 2,000 years, that Christianity lends itself to personal responsibility, private property, moral culpability, the family being the authoritative unit rather than the government. And when that reality is in play in our political sphere, I would argue that people are better off for it. So don't tell me that Christians who are Republicans don't believe in these things. We obviously believe in these things, and I can point to a ton of data to show why our means of reaching those ends are better than yours. Thank you. And I can also tell you that I believe in preserving the life of children, not taking it. I believe in protecting the innocence of children, not debauching it. I believe in good literature, not porn. I believe in good education, not indoctrination. And please stop talking to me about Donald Trump. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'll say it one more time. As in zero. Nothing I've said in this show or in... 99.9% .9 of any other show or article I've written has anything whatsoever to do with Donald Trump. Non sequitur, the fallacy of so what to the extreme. And yes, I stand by my premise. There's no such thing as a Christian Democrat. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.